Yeah, if I was if I was judged for every uh, club I was a part of, I wouldn't get into. I wouldn't get any job. <laughs> Mr. Patel, we see that the anime club <laughs> that you belong to um, has sent us a letter protesting Israel and Palestine. The anime club <laughs> has released a statement saying that it's Israel's fault that yeah. Hamas. Uh, committed terrorism. Yeah, no, attacks. I didn't sign that. I just, <laughs> I just go there for the anime. Um, Is there anime stuff in Little Tokyo? Yeah, I went to Little Tokyo. I went to Little Tokyo twice this last week. Oh, I didn't know you went twice. Yeah, I went twice. Um, the first time I went is just because I was working from home one day. And then, like, when you're cooped up all day, you just need to leave the house. So it was, like, yeah. 9.30 p.m. on a Friday, and I was like, I have to go do something. So yeah. I went to Little Tokyo, which was a dumb decision because it's so busy on the weekends, and it's, like, okay. hard to find parking. And... I ended up parking in an electric vehicle charging uh, parking spot. They give you a ticket for that? Yeah, they give you a ticket for it. That's um, a disaster. I knew I knew in my mind, I was like, okay, but it's 9.30 p.m. There's no uh, like meter maids out right now. So I'm probably okay to park here. And then I made up in my, I made up, you know, you do that thing in your mind where you're like, if I get a ticket, I get a ticket. Yeah, you, you kind of like... Uh, make a deal with yourself <laughs> yeah which which and you're like and i'm gonna hold myself to not being upset right if i if get the ticket. i earned this ticket yeah and then i walked away i walked around literally didn't find anything to do like i just kind of i needed to just walk around the city for a little bit yeah um and then walk back to my car and i had like a 58 dollar ticket for parking in the electric vehicle. because you can't afford an electric car because i can't <laughs> afford an electric car my you know what my first instinct was i was like i'm gonna contest the ticket and tell it is tell them it is an electric vehicle that my volkswagen jetta is electric powered yeah i like that um or you could make the argument that your jetta is more morally sound than a, a new ev yeah i i would say that it there's less carbon emissions actually this is me in court <laughs> this is me contesting <laughs> for like and the cop didn't show up anyway <laughs> so you went to little tokyo twice once you went and you paid 58 dollars to park for, for nothing to just walk and around you just walked what happened the other time the other time was I went on, I think, like a Saturday afternoon, um, and it was more fun. You know, I got to, like, actually go around and go to the shops and stuff, and I was, like, showing someone else around who hadn't been there right. before. So I got to show them, you know, like, the some of the grocery stores there, some of the cool shops. Okay. Um, and then there's, like, the village in the middle, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Which has all the restaurants. Yes. Um, which kind of sucks. It's super crowded, and this just feels like you're in Disneyland, kind of. It, it is. There's not a lot of real estate in Little Tokyo. No. And then, you know, I mean, I'm not saying the restaurants in that area aren't good, but it just kind of feels like there's nowhere to sit, and it's, like, really hot, and there's just, like, kids screaming, and then, like, anime. It's just, like, it's just, like, like families, and then, like, their kids who are clearly, like, anime nerds who really wanted to go there. You right. Know? They're, like, stores with stuff in them, like, action figures and, like... Yeah, and comic book shops or whatever and the parents are just like okay well you wanted to come here like what do we do now <laughs> and the kids are just like well, i want to go get my evangelion thing that i can't afford <laughs> that's right. like 80 dollars. it's for the the figurines are for adults not teenagers <laughs> yeah a lot of a lot of anime toys are not really for kids they're not for kids they're for adult men with yeah. adult incomes mm -hmm. <laughs> who want to spend that money <laughs> on a 200 dollars godzilla figurine and a and a fifty dollar Mothra poster, <laughs> um, but I did buy something. I bought a mug, um, which I don't have with me. But I bought. Can I go get it? Yeah, go get your okay. mug. Milan's got this new mug. I don't know. I mean, it seems fine, but I don't know. Uh, it's a. Uh... It's a. I'll show it to you first. It's a mug of the sumo wrestler. Yeah, and he's got. He's about to go bowling. Okay, and then you flip it around. Boom. And then he's. Uh, he gets hit by the pens. He's 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 pu putting his whole body through. The oh, pens. I understand. I think it's like a joke. I'll show it to the audience. This is a really great opportunity for me to destroy the most expensive thing I own. <laughs> if you spill your tea on my laptop from your new mug on your laptop, 
Yeah. That might be our most viewed video yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We wouldn't be able to post it because we would have destroyed our access to the outside world, which is on your laptop. It would like, if I like, dist- I didn't tell you, but my laptop controls the entire house. So <laughs> if, I, if this laptop is destroyed, then all the electricity goes out. That'd be tough. Yeah. I, I like a, I like a little Tokyo though. It's just it's just too busy. I would say. Yeah. And it's you know they need to get rid of these electric vehicle parking spots. It's not fair. No, I don't like it. I mean, it's clearly like uh, some lobbying from the EV people. Yeah. The Teslas. Oh, okay. It's Tesla. Here's my thought. Okay. Keep keep the EV charging stations. Give me for every EV charging station. I want a gas pumping station. Yeah. I want, I want a spot where there's like a just like access to gasoline uh-huh <laughs> i can like pump my car <laughs> a slow drip of gasoline into my car or put the ev charging spots at the worst place in the parking lot they shouldn't be next to the handicap spots they are and they are though yeah they're, they're like employee of the month <laughs> level parking spots yeah i'm not a fan of it no we shouldn't be giving preferential treatment to people who can afford new cars no they they get like the ceo treatment you yeah. know reserve parking for ceo mr electric uh-huh mr ev <laughs> i'm um, jealous that you ventured out to little tokyo twice um that's better than what i did this week i went to jiffy lube three times <laughs> oh shit why i went to jiffy lube once for an oil change and they nailed it they did it oh sweet and then i left but they didn't reattach my skid plate and uh look i'm what's a skid plate a skid plate is uh it's a metal plate that goes like underneath your car to protect it from you know like rocks and and i guess uh, curbs maybe right and they detach it because they have to drain the oil that's right yeah and they didn't they didn't reattach it correctly so i had to go back and then they zip tied it and then that didn't work and so i had to go back again they owe me a skid plate yeah they zip tied it they couldn't just like reattach it the way that they took it off well it's ruined now oh because because you were driving with it it Uh like fell off yeah Yeah. and so uh jiffy lube jiffy lube it's a sad scene for my car no skid plate right now and look i'm honored to even had a skid plate in the first place and now i know what a skid plate is yeah um and now jiffy lube owes me a skid plate you're now prone to skids yeah, I gotta drive careful. Yeah. No, no street racing for me until I get a skid plate again. Yeah, any like anytime you're about to drive down a street, you like approach the nearest uh, uh, police officer and you say, uh, "Sir, uh, officer, are there? Are, will my car be prone to skids on this street?" <laughs> my What's... skid plate it turned into a scrape plate, and driving around scraping metal on the ground yeah. is one of the most humiliating feelings ever. It's it sucks when your car is just like shit hanging off of it. Yeah, that's not supposed to be hanging off. People of are it. laughing at you. The only thing that should be hanging off of your car are two pink fuzzy dice from your from your mirror. Yeah, or like uh, or like truck nuts, <laughs> yeah, or like nuts from no, your that's, truck. That's better. It should be truck nuts. <laughs> yeah, my truck nuts are like I buy I buy like old man truck nuts, so they're a little they scrape. They do scrape on they, the ground. Yeah. <laughs> It's a joke, obviously. You know, I, I like to put a little humor into my vehicle. I'm one of those guys that likes to show my sense of humor through my car. Yeah. Yeah. I got bumper stickers. I've got mm-hmm. uh, truck nuts. I've got baby on board. I've got, I saw a sure. car the other day who had, th- <laughs> this person had three baby on board stickers. That's too many. One on each side of the vehicle. Uh, I'm sure they had a fourth if I saw the windshield. It's too many. It's too many. I yeah. mean, you got to trust that. Who's, who's the, the baby? You, <laughs> right? At that point. <laughs> who's really the baby here? Hmm. Who's the baby? Hmm. Yeah. Um, did you know that those stickers are for like first responders so they know there's a baby in the car? No, no, I didn't Yeah, know those that. stickers are supposed to be uh, useful because like you get in a car crash, the baby could be anywhere. You don't know if. The ba- the sticker allows like uh, the firefighter to know what to look for. Right. Yeah. But you got three baby stickers, then hmm, maybe you're the baby. You're the baby, and uh, you should be driving around with a bonnet on your head, a rattler in your right hand, and a pacifier in your mouth. Um, no, I actually, we- that's that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. That it's a real it's a real thing. That's why I don't like them when they're not government issue looking. You know how there's like a yellow one that looks official. Yeah. And then there's like other ones that look like, 
oh, this is my take on the baby uh, on board sticker. Yeah. I don't like that. My baby is an honor student. I think that you should only be able to get that sticker from the DMV and you can only get one. You only get one. You can't get three. I, I agree. I think it should be like when you get your registration, you put the little sticker on your license plate. Yeah. They should get, only give you one. And you, and you have to renew it. Yes. And you have to prove that your baby is still a baby. Right. You Once gotta, they hit three years old, that's a toddler. That's a toddler. That's like something else. <laughs> they, and then you have to buy black market toddler on board, <laughs> which, you know, nobody's going to respect that. No, I don't. I'm going to drive. If, if I see a toddler's on board, I'm going to drive faster. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been seeing, I've been seeing a lot of cars that are clearly modified by adults for fun. And then they'll put a student driver sticker on there. As okay. a cheeky, like, oh, I, oh, who knows? Respect my driving. Yeah. And then they're drifting in intersections. That's kind of funny. Is it? Is it annoying? I think it's cheeky. It's cheeky. I think it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, if I have a bumper sticker that says, uh, if you don't like my driving, called 555, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm the kind of guy that likes to show my sense of humor. Yeah, you're having a good time. No, I'm a comedian. I'm right. a stand-up comedian, and you know how how we are. We love to show our sense of humor. Yeah, we like we like to you know do bits. Yeah. Um. So that that was yeah Los Angeles. I also went to uh Mexican Village, which is like they do an open mic there. Yeah. Um. We both love this place. Yeah, I really like this place. It's uh it's one of those places where it feels like a real Los Angeles open mic comedy. Yeah, thing, you know, it's an old school family owned restaurant. Um, we do the open mic under a roof, but it's outdoors. Yeah, it's like it's this, open air. Yeah, it's open air. So you can hear like, I always hear ambulances driving by there. Yeah. Every time I do the mic there. It's really close to a freeway. Yeah. The surrounding businesses is like a tire shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's like another taco stand like in the same parking lot. They share a parking lot, but with they're uh, more tacos. They seem like they don't. Neither of them care. Apparently, I don't think it's a problem. It's not a problem. Um, but it was fun. It was. I haven't been there in a while, and uh, I think I think if you're visiting, at, oh well, yeah, sure. If you're visiting LA, go check it out. Go check out Mexican Village. Go check out Mexican Village. Um, and then you can come up to me and be like, "Why did you tell me to go there?" <laughs> It just seemed like a Mexican restaurant. No, it's got a good wet burrito. Yeah. And it's got good comedy. It's got good comedy. And you got to watch good comedians. Bomb. Do, bomb. Yeah. Just take a, a break talking into the microphone to let the ambulance drive by. Yeah, it's a lot of that. It's a lot. Of, and you know, what's, you know what's tough, though? Like, nobody says... I always say this. If I hear an ambulance go by, I say, that's my ride. I like that. I always say it. I like that. I can't not say... Like, instinctually... I, you know, I have to say that joke. The last time I was there, there was a, an unhoused man who was screaming louder than I was with my microphone. Yeah. You got to respect that. Was he, was he in Mexican village? He was I, not in the establishment, but I, he was walking on the sidewalk very close to it. Yeah. There's a shirtless man, unhoused man who was screaming in the parking lot yesterday as mm -hmm. well. So yeah. I don't know if it was the same guy, but, um, and as a performer, you got to learn that you can't just ignore that. You got to use your ears when you're on stage. <laughs> you do have to use your ears and you say, this, I hear. I said, you know what? That None. guy's right. <laughs> so let him have his peace and then yeah. I'll go back to telling my joke about um, um, my skid plate. I love doing stand-up comedy where you can really hear the sounds of the city. Uh, just rampant poverty, um, <laughs> like people emergency vehicles rushing towards some sort of uh medical emergency an illegally loud motorcycle yeah <laughs> I, I actually kind of do like it i think it's kind of fun yeah you really feel like you're you're in it in a city yeah um but yeah that's that's those are my adventures in la i played pickup basketball indoors in pasadena which is like the opposite of going to mexican village okay indoors that sounds fun it was great yeah it was a blast play with some other comedians um, I mean, there's no more dangerous game to play as an adult than pick up basketball, uh, but it was a joy. No one got hurt. That's good. Did you guys have to rent the court or was it? Uh, no, it's just an open community center in Pasadena. That's Pasadena for you. It's, it really is. It's a nicer neighborhood, so you just get nicer stuff for you, free. Yeah. If you just drive like 20 minutes east, you just get into like a quaint, you're, rich town. You're in heaven. <laughs> I call it heaven. <laughs> Um, yeah, we watched, uh, welcome to perfect politics. 
Yeah, I'm Sam. I'm Milan. Um, do we, we guess we don't have to do that every week anymore if we don't want to. I like it. I like welcoming people to the podcast. It feels like official, right? Like I don't it, know when we started today. I mean, um, we were talking into the mic for a while, but I don't know how much of that the the viewers need. That's true. So it's good to just give them a real intro because yeah. we're pros. Now we were speaking before we were speaking to ourselves about our lives, and yeah. if you guys get an opportunity to listen to that, then so be it. Right. But now this is a podcast. Now it's a podcast. Now it's happening, and we watched a 2015 movie heist this week. Yeah. Um, it's a real catfish. It's not really a heist movie. What a letdown. Um, but I'm gonna explain it just because I don't think anybody's seen it. It's it's a no way any of you have seen this movie. The the main star is Robert De Niro, and then there's a couple other actors who I don't really I don't need to mention their names. But basically, he's like the main. Uh, bad Batista guy. is in it. Oh, Batista, yeah, and uh, Batista. Dave Batista, who I loved as a WWE wrestler growing yeah. up, he's become a great actor. This was before he became a great actor. He's not super good in this, um, but I don't really think it's his fault. the The premise of the story is this guy works for um, Robert De Niro, who owns a boat, a casino on a boat. Yeah, riverboat gambling type of situation. And uh, he needs three hundred thousand dollars because his daughter needs to have a surgery because she's in the hospital and she needs to have a surgery. So he decides to steal from his boss. Yeah, already a sad motive for a heist movie. I don't like. I don't like. A motive that seems pure like that like oh my daughter's sick you know i want i want a motive where the guy is selfish yes i want him to be stealing from his daughter i want to be i want his daughter to be sick and then he steals from her piggy bank so that he can <laughs> so he can make the next big score you i know? think i was looking for escapism through this heist movie yeah we watched wolf of wall street which was in the past and then we watched interstellar which was in the future We've been traveling a long way, watching a lot of yeah. stuff. We've been traveling across time and space. We wanted I kind of wanted to get back to the year that we're in, 2015, and I wanted to watch a simple heist movie. That's our bread our, and butter. Get back to our roots. That's who we are. We're yeah. hi, This is a heist movie podcast, so we saw the movie Heist, and it was like, damn, this is going to be perfect. Yeah, and it wasn't. We because got tricked. Basically, the first... I don't know, 15, 20 minutes is about them pulling off the heist and like robbing the casino. But yeah. then the rest of the movie is just them on a, they, they get on a city bus and then they just have like a bus full of hostages and the cops are chasing them, trying to get the money back essentially. And yes. that's, that's the movie. It's kind of like speed. It's like speed. It's a bad version of speed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, an hour of the movie takes place on a city bus that never stops that's not what we want out of a heist movie there's certain criteria that we look for in a heist movie um like some things that i want personally are i want uh an impossible i want witty banter among the team Mm -hmm. okay i want an impossible plan yep uh with an impossible goal you want too many moving parts this will never work and then boom it works and then it all fits together yep uh i want trickery yep i want science please i want some science in there and I need like a nerdy tech guy, like a Seth Green uh, type guy, like in the Italian job. A heist crew is not complete without a nerd. No. And this heist team had no nerd. There were no nerds in this movie. You need no. you need there to be the balance of like the cool guy who's got the plan and then the nerd who's like, I don't think this will work. Or like, you know, like, I oh, I used my computer to steal. <laughs> right. Know. This guy's name is Luke Vaughn. It's his daughter is sick, and that's why he robs uh, the riverboat. Yeah. Um, the other main character on the heist team is Batista, and immediately they just start referring to him as the psycho. The psycho. He like loses his mind on the bus. <laughs> he has no. Cool, he has no chill. He's got zero chill on the bus, and so Vaughn is the level-headed criminal, and Batista is the psycho. Yeah. And uh, everybody loves Vaughn. Everybody, the cops love Vaughn. Uh, he's everybody who interacts with him. All the hostages love Vaughn, even though yeah. they're in a terrible situation right. because of him. Um, but they're like, this guy, no, this guy's level-headed. I mean, okay, but here's the thing: if you, if there's two guys that are pulling off a heist, right? One guy's a psycho, and one guy's not a psycho. Of course, in comparison, the guy who's not a psycho is going to look like a good guy. Uh-huh. But that doesn't mean he is. No, no. Maybe you should have worked harder and not 
put your daughter in a position of <laughs> having a $300,000 <laughs> hospital bill, you know? Maybe you shouldn't be a card shuffler on a river riverboat, you know? Right, this guy does seem to be wasting his potential. Yeah, um, because he used to work for Robert De Niro in the past is what we've been told. Like, yes. he used to be a, like a mobster. And Robert De Niro, who I think might be the greatest casino actor of our generation, is the head of this riverboat in... Louisiana. Louisiana, we, maybe? I saw that it was filmed. They wanted to film in Louisiana, and they fil filmed in Alabama, I okay. think. So it's so like somewhere in the south. Yeah. <laughs> this this uh, Italian mobster. There is not man. a southern accent in the entire movie. No, no, there's not. But they're in the south, and it's riverboat gambling. But he never does anything cool. His big thing is he is on the way out. He's dying himself. He's and dying. so he smokes an e-cigarette. And it's just the metaphor throughout the movie of e-cigarette is the new generation, the unreliable, chaotic trash. Yeah. And then the old cigarette, which burns and is bad for you, but it's real. There's just a lot of scenes where he's like smoking an e-cigarette and he's just like, you know, they say these things aren't bad for you, but you know, I... I I prefer the regular. You know, back in the day, you could smoke. Like he's that's just like a big part of he's, his personality. He's laying in bed with a young woman at one point, uh, a woman who's probably half his age. Yeah, but she's still thirty, yeah. at least, because <laughs> he's because he's sixty, thirty-five maybe. And he's like, uh, "You ever smoke a real cigarette?" And she's like, "No, only vape," which is like a a fake world that a thirty-five-year-old is never can't even conceive of a. I think the writer. I think the what happened was the writer of this movie was trying to quit cigarettes, and then he was like on the vape. He like his daughter was like, "Hey, dad, you should vape." And then he just wrote a movie where he was just like, "I'm gonna rail on vapes for what this I, movie." What I liked about the e-cigarette is it kind of gave me the nostalgia that the cell phones have been giving me. Yeah, where you see a flip phone and you're like, "Ooh, I remember that flip phone from that year." When I saw that e-cigarette, I was like. That's 2015. Yeah, and I want to say for specificity, because when I hear e-cigarette, I think vape in general. But mm -hmm. what we're talking about is a stick that looks like a cigarette right. that you suck on, and then like the tip glows right. the way that a cigarette would glow. S vape marketing back then, I guess nine years ago, in that like war room of like, man, how are we going to get people to smoke vape? They were like, you got to make it look like a cigarette. Right. It has to look like a cigarette. Turns out no one cares about that. No, nobody cares. They just want their nicotine fix. And people who are going to smoke are going to smoke anyway. Mm -hmm. And people who don't want to smoke and want to vape will... Uh, will smoke out of a pink tube. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that looks like a vibrator, and a, they don't. It, they don't care. A rainbow colored dildo. It if, doesn't. If, if the vape is good, that's what people will smoke out of. Oh, does that taste like strawberry banana? Sure, I will smoke out of this. <laughs> <laughs> this weird pill. I don't care. Um, so they missed the mark so bad in uh 2015 about what vapes should look like. Yeah, what people care about when it comes to nicotine. They just want the drug. They just want the drug. Here's a couple stats. Uh, E-cigarettes entered, this is from the CDC, e-cigarettes entered the U.S. marketplace around 2007, and since 2014, they're, they're the most commonly used tobacco product among U.S. youth. Yep. Um, and uh, among middle school and high school students, it in increased 900% during the years of 2011 and 2015. Yeah. Kind of, I graduated high school in 2012, and there was not a lot of vapes on the scene. Oh, no, yeah. I but don't remember that. From what I understand, four years after that period, everybody in high school was ripping nicotine vape. And it's easy to get away with. It's not that these kids think vape is cooler than real cigarettes. It's just you can go home to your mom and she doesn't know you were smoking. No, you can um, you can take a big puff of your e-cigarette and then put your your hoodie <laughs> your hoodie over yeah. your head and then blow just like yeah. plumes of, <laughs> of vape and 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 uh, assume nobody knows what you're doing, but everybody knows. This happens yeah. at open mics all the time <clears throat> when we're in like specifically basements. You can just see the ceiling, like the lights start filling up with like vape. Yeah, and it's like that's oh. how that's how I know I'm bombing. <laughs> when you when can I see, see the vape, yeah, I'm like, oh my god, people must be really bored right now. <laughs> people, are, everybody's ripping their vape instead of listening to me talk. Yeah, it's like back in the day. It's like uh, back in the day, you know, you know, you'd see like Bob Dylan at some uh, some coffee shop or whatever, some you know, just like, and then people would be sitting 
you know, smoking cigarettes. And now the modern day version of that is a guy taking a fat rip of a green vape <laughs> while I'm bombing, <laughs> doing stand up. <laughs> you're like, hey, can I hit that? Yeah. And then <laughs> while I'm on stage, hey, uh, can I hit that? <laughs> Do you mind if I hit that? Um, so it was nice to see the e-cigarette, but otherwise this movie was a failure to me. I don't have much more to say about this. I, I will discuss it more if you want to, but... Well, I, I, I will say that when the movie was over, I was still sitting on the couch and like my main feeling, and I said this to you, I was like, where's the rest of it? It feels like we didn't watch a complete thing. You know how everyone complains that movies are too long now? And when we saw that this movie was an hour and a half, we were psyched. Yeah. And then when the movie was over, we were like... There's got to be more to this than that. <laughs> you know, you know, also, you know, a movie is bad when you start asking too many questions about the plot and you get really, and then w you and I were arguing about the plot at certain points yeah. about plot holes that didn't make sense. No, it yeah. was, there was no real joy to have in this movie. <laughs> and so then you're just like, wait a minute, none of this makes any sense either. Yeah. And then it's a uh, 1045 and you're like, well, I guess I'll go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll discuss this movie tomorrow. Um, but I would say skip it if, if you if you haven't seen it there's no reason to watch it but um you know i would say it encapsulated some version of 2015 I don't, yeah yeah this is our first bad movie i think but that's okay that's part of turns out they used to make bad movies yes they're not it's not all you look you know you look into the past and you think it's all rainbows and sunshine and you know hindsight is 2020 but you know we we were making mistakes in 2015 um, Charlie Hebdo, the Charlie Hebdo bombing was in 2015. I saw that. I, I tried. I tried to like make. I, I was trying to research important events in 2015 to connect yeah. to this movie. Uh -huh. I think this movie is just like a pocket in time that is not related to the major events of that year. Right. <clears throat> it is a strange year to think back on because it's the year that I guess Trump was campaigning to become yeah. the president, and it was still when I looked at it, I was like, "There's no way." Yeah. This can't happen. But this movie feels like it was written in like 2011 and then it just nobody wanted to make it. Right. And then they were like, oh, I guess 2015, uh, De Niro's not doing anything right now. <laughs> Can this we movie really relied on De Niro uh, fans watching anything he does and it turns out they won't. If you're a fan of De Niro, you're a fan of good movies and you won't watch a bad one even if De Niro's in it. I, I, I agree 100%. Um, I also want to finish by saying this movie was original. This movie was called Heist, but the original name was called Bus Six Fifty Seven, which is a much more accurate yes. uh, uh, title for the movie. But also, I can see why they changed it to trick yes. schmucks like us. Yes, into think because we were so excited to watch this. We movie. watched this movie because it was called Heist, <laughs> not because it's called Bus Six Five Seven. Turns out they hang out on Bus Six Five Seven for about an hour of the movie. <laughs> yeah, Bus Six Five Seven. It sounds like United Ninety Three or something. You're like, oh my god, is this like a this is like a tragedy? <laughs> it was a sad movie in yeah. a lot of ways. I don't watch movies with numbers in them in general. I generally try to avoid. Uh, I generally try to avoid a movie that's about a mode of transportation and a long number. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's going to be a boring thriller. Yeah, U five thirty seven or whatever you know. Anyway, um, I'm ready to get into some news. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, I think uh, we were talking mostly about the Gaza hospital bombing. Um, yeah, it's Al Ali Arab Hospital is the name of it. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think the big controversy around it right now is that uh, Israel is saying that it did not, uh, it is not responsible for the bombing of this hospital. Right. And people are skeptical, I think is the, the main Yeah, and, and a lot of reputable U.S. publications like CNN and the Washington Post are going along with the, the Israel statement that it was a, maybe not Hamas, but a Palestinian militant groups it's, failed missile launch. Yes, they are blaming it on Palestinian Islamic Jihad PIJ, and they're saying that they misfired a missile. Yeah, uh, and Joe Biden is confirming that as well. He said this morning, is that correct? That yeah. he his intelligence has told him that this was the case. Yeah, he says he used um, the word, it appears to be the other team. I don't like that he's talking about it like sports. Yeah. I don't like that he's calling the Palestinians a team. Yeah. <laughs> it's the other team, you know? It, got, was, it was the other, because that mean I mean, he, 
would put himself if he had to be on one team. He's the put ref. Himself. No, he's the ref. You think so? Well, I think he's trying to put himself in the position of he, the ref. Yeah, maybe he thinks he's the ref. No, he's both though. He's on the he's on the white team. Uh huh. <laughs> he's on the white guy team. Yeah, and then he's also on the uh, he's also the ref. I think it's good to. He's also the commissioner. That, that there's a there's a white team and a brown team at the moment. Can you can you try to remember that tweet that that got deleted um, by yeah. Benjamin Netanyahu? I took a screenshot. You okay. gotta take screenshots of stuff on the internet now because people delete everything's all getting the time. deleted. That's yeah. one. Of, that's one of the main reasons that people are skeptical of uh, of Israel saying that they're not responsible is because a lot of tweets were deleted. And my source yeah. for that is an article on Al Jazeera that was trying to break down some of the evidence uh, for why Israel is responsible. I, I can read two tweets back to back after. So this is from the Prime Minister of Israel. Um, this is a struggle between the children of light and the children of darkness, between humanity and the law of the jungle. And that's the type of archaic racism that you don't think yeah. is being tweeted anymore from prime ministers. Yeah. And that's why it was deleted. Yeah. We've measured the skulls of um, <laughs> both sides, and we've uh, realized that this is uh, the children of the light and the dark. So th these are two separate tweets um, from a journalist uh, who is pro-Israel. Uh, his last name is Naftali. He tweeted, Israel Air Force struck a Hamas terrorist base inside a hospital in Gaza. Multiple terrorists are dead. And then it says it's heartbreaking that Hamas is um, launching rockets from hospitals, mosques, and schools. So this is the first tweet that he sent. By who? Sorry. Um Hananya okay. Naftali. Okay. And basically saying this is good that they bombed a hospital and terrorists are dead. And then that tweet was deleted and a tweet came out that says Islamic Jihad bombed a hospital in Gaza. It fired a barrage of rockets into Israel and one of them misfired and hit a hospital. Yeah, so just backtracking. Backtracking saying this is good. Oh the, no, actually the, it's bad. Actually this was yeah. It was cool that we bombed a hospital. Turns out 500 people are dead. I think it it was actually them. Yeah. He should have he should have deleted the tweet the tweet and been like, "Actually, um Hamas bombed the hospital and that's cool." <laughs> <laughs> he's still pro bombing of the hospital. He's still pro bombing of the hospital, but he's just like, "Sorry, I made a mistake. It wasn't us. Wish we could take credit for that one, but <laughs> yeah, we can't." <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of the big headline of of the war of today, because Biden is in Israel, and and this would be the biggest casualty from a single bomb uh, so far since October seventh. Yes, and uh, along with that point, the World Health Organization pointed out there have been over fifty one attacks on healthcare uh, facilities in Gaza since the start of the conflict in on October 7th. Yeah. And then 15 healthcare workers have been killed and 27 have been injured. So it appears as though, um, well, it appears as though, <laughs> why am I talking like a journalist? Israel is, is targeting like hospitals and healthcare workers. They're not afraid to bomb <laughs> hospitals and they're telling them to evacuate the hospitals. Yeah. And then the hospital gets and bombed. And then they get bombed and they're, and they're like, like, it's oh, not us. I can't believe you guys would bomb your own hospital. Yeah. All of this is to say there's a lot of evidence pointing to the fact that they're lying. Yeah, I, I think they're lying. I do too. It's jarring. Yeah, I, I think I'm jarred. It's jarring to see kind of the mainstream journalism to come out and endorse the Israeli statement that it was a a Hamas uh, misfire. Yeah. It seems obviously not to be the case. Yeah. Did you see the, there's like a quote from Biden that said uh, the 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 damage that's going, <laughs> that's, that's happened to uh, the people of Israel is like 15 911s. Yeah, they're measuring stuff by 911s. Yeah. Um it's a, it's an interesting way to measure things. Um It is. I I would say but it doesn't go the other way, you know? Like you can't like you you can measure up in 911s right. and you can be like, you know, a week from now he's going to be like this is it's like 3911s now. <laughs> <laughs> Two months from now, it's 45. But when he talks, but it doesn't go the other way. You can't look. He's like, and the Holocaust, that was about one two thousandth of a 911. Because <laughs> it, it diminishes the. Um, and also, he's not going to talk about the damage happening in Palestine in terms of 911s, I don't think. 
No. Right? Those are uh, people who are dying from blasts. Yeah. And everybody in Israel is getting killed by a strategic missile. Yeah. They're having 9-11s done to them. They're, every day is a 9-11 in Israel. You're right. And but every day in Gaza is blasts. Cosmic blasts cosmic going blasts, off. But who knows where they're coming from. Spontaneous combustion, apparently, <laughs> is killing Palestinians. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren, who's one of the more progressive uh, people in the Senate, referred to the explosion of the hospital as a blast. Yeah. She's like, and that's bad. Yeah. I don't like blasts. They were having a blast. <laughs> this is what she, it was her quote. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make it as positive as possible. Um, I also wanted to say, like, I'm going to start measuring things in 9-11s that aren't tragedies. Okay. Also, like, people are like, oh, like, was you, did you go to a big college? I'm like, oh, no, it was, you know, it was a small liberal arts college. It was about um, 14 9-11s. <laughs> <laughs> Graduating class was pretty small. Um, so, yeah, Biden took a trip to Israel and then... Uh, I don't know. I just I feel like he's not going to do anything. I know that we're given billions of dollars to Israel to help them, and he gave a hundred million dollars to help humanitarian efforts in Gaza. Yeah. So in some ways, we're helping both sides, but in the reality, is we're just paying for all the bombs that are getting dropped on. Uh, Isn't it really Gaza. weird to give money for both causes? It's like so much spending. It's a lot of spending. Just just for the polit just for the uh just so that people will for the optics of seeming like we care. It's very political and it's like you know we helped you. And we helped. It's like, yeah, but you gave way more money to the bombs that are killing us. Right. I think corporations do that when it comes to political spending. Mm. They uh donate to both campaigns. Okay. One way more than the other. One way more than the other. And that shows what side that they lean on. And right. it, it's probably Republican, right? I think it or depends on... It, it depends, okay. Yeah, but but yeah. So you're donating to both campaigns almost like as a PR stunt. Yeah. Um, and, and then we do that the other way too, right? Like when we fund... When we're funding like wars, we're also... It's possible that we're also funding in some way both sides as well. Like we're selling weaponry to both sides. I think that's true. I think when it comes to weapons, most people are using our weapons. Yeah. I think we make so many weapons... That even if we don't directly sell them to countries, you wouldn't be shocked to find out they're using American-made weapons. Yeah, I haven't done any research on that. It's just my impression that, like, if if you're an arms dealer, you're gonna sell you you're gonna profit off of selling to both sides. That is true. And we have a lot of like we have a lot of uh, arms dealers. This is a <clears throat> different situation because these are not two equally powerful states. Yeah, there's. The Palestinians who are in a jail of sorts, and then there's Israel who has a the full capacity of any first world military. And so, in this case, it's very possible that we're only providing weapons to Israel. And right. We're not. We're probably not providing weapons to Hamas. One of the reasons that Hamas is in power in Gaza, and that is kind of been the status quo, is because no real government is going to support a terrorist organization. So not, we would, not directly. We would never help Gaza via the people in charge, which is Hamas, because they're blatantly a terrorist organization. And so that benefits Israel because it is easier to paint them as pure evil. Yeah, because you're you're seeing that support isn't coming for the opposition, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of it a lot of it is just optics. Um so here's some things that Biden did not ask for when he went to talk to Israel. Uh, he did not ask for a ceasefire. Uh, he did not ask for a humanitarian pause or opening of a safe corridor to allow aid to Gaza. Biden's being a bitch. Uh, he did not ask for an end to the war. Um, and then he, he's not offering any direct military involvement in the conflict. And yeah, he's being a bitch. He's, he's being a bitch. Yeah. Um, and he's, I mean, he's just... He's just uh, supporting Israel. He's not. He's not going to do anything to help uh, Palestinians. I mean, the the hundred million dollars is is nothing when you compare it to the amount of weaponry. A hundred million dollars is like less than what a plane costs. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so that was that's kind of and then also he he canceled his meetings with uh, the 
I guess, prime minister of Jordan. And then also he was going to meet with uh, the president of Palestine. And both of those meetings got canceled. And then I think I saw something in an article where he was like, yeah, I'm going to call them on the way back home. Like he's going to do like a Zoom with them. I think this is partially connected to this hospital bombing um, because it has divided uh, kind of the Western media from uh, the Arabic governments where it's like, if you're going to deny that they bombed the hospital, then what are we even going to talk about? Yeah, it's it, you have to you have to pick a side with the hospital. The mm-hmm. hospital has become like a focal point, right? For sure, if, if right. Um, and then I think there's like some more news about this, like for aid entering into Gaza. I think you said Egypt is opening yes uh, their like passageway. Yeah, and I think that's connected to the hundred million dollars that the U.S. is giving oh, okay. for humanitarian aid. That is going to be able to be delivered via Egypt. Okay. I think it's called the Rafa crossing. Okay. Uh, that's what it's I saw. It's the one crossing that um, Israel does not have control over. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it has been damaged by Israeli airstrikes. Yeah. So it's already like kind of screwed. But, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's kind of all I, uh, I'm, I'm up to date on as far as the Israel... Um, Palestine it's stuff. It's the majority of the news. If you try and consume news, you're getting Israel-Palestine. And, um, yeah, it's sad, but it's it's feels important to be informed on this. Yeah, definitely. And my ultimate takeaway that I don't think I would have had if I didn't research this was Biden's being a bitch. <laughs> that's our... That's. Do we want to make that the official perfect politics stance? Maybe so. On it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'll put that in the episode description. Good. The 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 men discuss. I call us the men in the descriptions now. By the way, I like that. I don't say boys because I think that's overused in comedy. Yeah. So I, I call us the perfect politics men. Discuss how Biden is being a bitch. That makes us more serious. Yeah, <laughs> it makes us. I want people to respect us. Uh huh. Um, I saw another article where uh, prosecutors are going. This is completely different, but prosecutors are going to seek to recharge Alec Baldwin. For the rust movie shooting mm-hmm. i wasn't really following the story um when it was happening i just kind of like got bits and pieces of it um but he yeah per- apparently baldwin he says like he pulled back the hammer on the gun but yeah. he never pulled the trigger that's, interesting that's his statement about it i don't know what the issue with him uh pulling the trigger of a gun that he believed to be fake in a movie yeah uh, it seems like there's negligence because he's a producer of this movie and there was a gun, a loaded gun on set. Yeah, the trigger doesn't matter. It's or embarrassing the yeah. that that happened. Um, but once you think a gun is fake, you can shoot it. Yeah, I think if once you get to that point, like let's not blame the trigger. Right. You know, it, it seems like a, a moot point to be like, but I didn't actually fire it. It's like, I, all right, well, why was there a bullet in your gun? Uh. <laughs> There should be, I think there should be a new shirt that says, uh, triggers don't kill people. I, I do. <laughs> yeah, but why was there a bullet in your gun, you know? Why'd you have a real gun, Alec Baldwin? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know much about this story. Were you following it when it was happening? Yeah, I thought it was such captivating news when it happened because, yeah, he killed somebody on set of his movie. Uh, so crazy that it was him. To even have a gun go off on set is crazy. But he fired it. It killed somebody. It's um, such a freak accident. Interesting to hear that that uh, case is getting reopened. I wonder who is leading that charge. I Okay, here's my... Uh, yeah, I just said special prosecutors. I don't even know what that means. But they want to take it to a New Mexico grand jury. So I guess they just want people there to... A jury in New Mexico. Yeah. What? Did, what listen, no offense to the people of New Mexico. <laughs> but what do they know about Hollywood? All right. Yeah. What do they know about the the bright lights? It should be a jury of his peers, uh, a list actors. It should be Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I think Woody Allen should be on the. Let's build this jury. I think that sounds yeah. fun. Let's okay. build a jury of like we got Woody Allen on there. Okay. I want Ben Stiller on. Yep. For some reason, mm-hmm. um, I want Lorne Michaels just because he made Alec Baldwin Trump. Oh, okay, like and that. So I think he should be on the on the on the jury. Okay. Um. I would like I would like one guy from New Mexico who knows nothing about sure. Alec Baldwin or just doesn't watch movies. I like all. that too. And then um, 
I think uh, I think we got to get one more celebrity. Who else can we get? Uh, Rick Fox, <laughs> the basketball player. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Let's okay. get Rick Fox on there. L.A. Laker turned L.A. actor. Yes. He's he's kind of see, he's seen the Hollywood side of things, but he's also kind of been on the other side as a as a regular person, maybe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I consider NBA basketball player a regular person. He's a well-rounded A-lister. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You you know exactly what uh-huh. I'm trying to say. I get it. <laughs> that is a good way to describe Rick Fox. He's he, the most well-rounded man in America. He's a, he's a handsome man who's 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 funny. He's a good actor. Good I actor. Think. Mm-hmm. And he's a good basketball player. Good basketball player. He's what LeBron, I think LeBron wishes he was, I think LeBron would trade away his basketball ability to be as good of an actor as Rick. It's true. If you could like Frankenstein (laughs) the perfect basketball player, Rick Fox has a level of coolness that LeBron does not have. It's too bad, yeah. But they can't put Rick Fox in Space Jam, you know? No, not good enough at basketball. No, it's too bad. It is. I wish wish we lived in a world where... (laughs) That you could have it all, you know. Rick Fox is trying though. Yeah, um, to to be a better actor, or to have it all. To have it all, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, what's going on with the Russ shooting. They're gonna re, all right, open it. I don't know. I'll keep my eyes on it. That's uh, tantalizing news headlines for me. I might move to New Mexico just to be, be on, that jury. on the jury, just to get selected. <laughs> um. What do you you want to talk about, Jim Jordan? Sure, Jim Jordan. Uh, as of today, is his second attempted vote to become the Speaker of the House, and he got two less votes than he got the first time. <laughs> so he got twenty votes, I think, maybe yesterday, and he uh-huh. got twenty, or he was twenty votes away, and then he was twenty-two votes away this morning. So people, he's losing ground. He's losing ground. He's losing. And ground. didn't he ask for a revote, or was that? Is that not how that works? I don't know how many times they're going to try him. So he's the nominee, and the majority of Republicans are voting yes on him. Um, all of the Democrats are voting for one single uh, congressman. I don't know who it is, but they're in solidarity on one person. Um, and then 22 Republicans are like, no, not Jim Jordan. They, they want other people, We can't have Jim Jordan. He's in, a freako. He's a freak. He's, you said he's a MAGA guy. Big MAGA guy. He's been in Congress for 16 years. He's never passed a bill. That's embarrassing. It's a joke. Yeah, I could do better than that. I think so. Yeah. Um. I I would like to know the bills he's attempted. You know. Yeah, I think they're like. I think they're inflammatory. I think if you go 16 years and you never pass one, it means like you never tried. It mean, It's like if you got a zero on the SAT. Like only <laughs> a genius can get a zero. Like how did you get it always wrong? Yeah. It's like I think maybe you tried to get a zero on the SAT. He's Yeah, he's a, he's like a self-saboteur in a way. Or he doesn't want to pass policy. That's not what his constituents care about. Okay. Can you can you like paint a picture of him for me? Because I'm not super informed. Yeah, about he's this from guy. Ohio. He wrestled at Wisconsin, and then he was an assistant coach of the wrestling team at Ohio State for like a decade, and then he like got his way into politics. I I'll say my reference point is wrestling. I wrestled for a year in high school, uh-huh. and I've never met a wrestling coach who I thought should be in any leadership position, no. and that includes being a wrestling coach. They're not the they're not the brightest, and I don't want to say that about all coaches of all sports. But I'm just saying specifically wrestling specifically coaches wrestling, in my experiences, right. not the brightest bulbs. Okay, they've no. they've uh, I don't know they they've got a little cauliflower behind the ear, if you know what I mean. I think they make good soldiers, maybe not good leaders. I would say that's right. Yeah. Um. And so Jim Jordan, he's become a MAGA guy. So he's been in Congress longer than Trump's been in politics, but. Ever since Trump came around, he has been like hard line. I stand with Trump. He claims that Trump has never told a lie. Okay. Which he, even the biggest fans of Trump can admit that he lies every day and it's funny. Yeah. Like they, they support the lies almost. But yeah, to to Jim Jordan, Trump is like a divine figure who simply can't tell a lie. He's, a, he's, the, he's his George Washington, basically. He's his George Washington. Yeah. So Jim Jordan stood firmly that the election was stolen from Trump in 2020. That okay. was his political stance. There, there's like this this cavalcade of uh, 
or you know, there's just like a bunch of politicians that I didn't know were kind of super staunch Trump dudes. Yeah. Like like uh what do you call it? They're they're like algae on the ship of Trump, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They um, they've realized that that is the path forward. And I'm sure you can just look at the metrics and be like, oh, of my constituents voted for Trump. If I am just a Trump guy, then I have a clear path forward. But it seems like the result of that is that other Republicans will not like you. Yeah, well, because you're committed to not being your own person. Yeah, so this is uh, him not getting voted to be the Speaker of the House is a result of him being this Trump guy, basically. I think that's right. He's too extreme. He's not his own man. The 22... Republicans who are saying no, he can't be the Speaker of the House. They're basically saying he's a Trump mouthpiece. He's never passed a bill. He's lame, and we won't vote for it. Got it. Uh, this is. Let's connect this to George Santos. Yeah. So we gave George Santos the benefit of the doubt last week, and we learned a little bit of about him. We learned that he's similar to Frank Abagnale, the catch me if you can guy. Um, and we gave him the benefit of the doubt because a guy who does fake checks is always going to do fake checks. Yeah, it's the responsibility of the American government to say you don't get to be in politics anymore. You can't ask him to resign. You got to kick him out. So I have done more of a deep dive on George Santos, and I have fallen in love with who this man is. Yeah. I don't think I really grasped his resume very strongly before. It's, it's hard to. He lies about most of it. He's told every lie there possibly is. He's lied in every direction about everything, um, which is just part of the lore of him. But so in 2008, he was guilty of check fraud in Brazil. And 2008, he was like 20 years old. So he grew up in Queens and his mom was like a maid. She's just like a real blue collar woman who moved from Brazil to Queens for a better life. And she worked hard and... George Santos went to schools in Queens, I assume the public schools, but like claims he went to like fancy private schools and claims that he then started playing college volleyball, that he was a star athlete. They beat Harvard and Yale and Yale doesn't have a volleyball team, but they beat Yale volleyball. He said that? Yeah. And uh, he's had both of his knees replaced from his successful volleyball career. Wow. He's almost took the Jim Jordan resume and he's like, this guy played college sports and that's a Republican thing people like. Yeah. I played college sports. But when he was 20, he was in Brazil committing check fraud. He's an alleged drag queen, which I think is cool. He denies it. He denies it. But his roommate he openly, was, he's openly gay, but he denies that he uh, committed check fraud. Or sorry, was, yeah, it's uh, now I'm conflating the two: check fraud and being a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> Both cool. Both cool. Yeah. So he leaves Brazil after three years because he's uh, under arrest for check fraud. So then he goes back to Queens and he starts doing you know random jobs. Some of them kind of sketchy. And then he becomes the president for Trump United in New York in around 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, really getting on that Trump wagon. What's Trump United? It's just like a political group in okay. New York. Okay. So it organized events. Um, maybe they do some fundraising for Trump. Yeah. I imagine a lot of those COVID protests were Trump United. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of people uh, protesting when Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago, when Mar-a-Lago is getting raided, like the people with the big red hats. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm guessing he's organizing those. Yep. He's bringing Capri Suns and he's, orange slices for them. He's very active in those type of demonstrations. Yeah. And so that's his only political involvement. So right now we've got a man who claims to be rich, but the only money he has, he's stealing. He's stealing from his donors. Well, this is before he has donors. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm still... Let's go back. I'm, yeah. I'm building the lore of, of how this man got to this place. So he's rich, but it's like, where's he getting this money? And he claims that his family's very rich. He claims that his grandparents were in the Holocaust, which is not true. Claims that his mother was at ground zero and survived 9-11. That's mm-hmm. not true either. Yeah. And he's claiming that he's got family money, and that's like how he's getting to this point. Um. He uses fake names. Did he Did he also, just to go with the 9-11, the Holocaust thing, did he say that he knew someone who was in the um, 
the Orlando. Uh, yeah, the Pulse shooting. The Pulse shooting. Too. Yes, he claimed that four of his employees were at the Pulse nightclub shooting. Okay. Um, and then like later on, he was like, "Well, it was a company that I was about to start." And four of my future employees of a company that I was starting in Orlando were shot. Okay, those are the type of lies that he delves in. Um, so we're at we're in 2019. George Santos is attempting to become the Republican nominee in Queens, and no one is running against him because the Democratic nominee in Queens was going to win. That's like solidified. It would be a waste of time to run. He runs. He loses in the year 2020, the same time that Trump loses the election for president. So George Santos, what he does is brilliant. He goes, my election was also stolen. And so he's speaking at Stop the Steal rallies. And he's like, Donald Trump and me have been stolen from. Yeah. These elections, both of these elections were fraud. The presidential election... And the congressional election in Queens. Yeah, like so, like such a big disparity <laughs> between their positions. Mm-hmm. And so he becomes, he starts, he loses the election. He's talking at Stop the Steel rallies. After he loses the election, he hires more staffers. He goes, I didn't lose. This is just my launching pad for a successful career. He starts flying down to Mar-a-Lago. He starts kind of getting in with the MAGA establishment. And then in 2022, runs in the same district and wins. Man, what a comeback. What a comeback. So essentially a, a year ago from today is around when he wins the election he, for, for Queens. And bef before he gets elected and he gets like in sworn in to Congress... Everyone's like, well, look, it turns out you didn't go to college. Uh, you lied about being Jewish. All these lies come out. All these lies All come the out. All the truths come out about it. And him. so they want him to resign before he even gets in. And so his career in Congress starts off with like, oh, you're an obvious fraud. Yeah. This you, is not good. All of like the representatives from the surrounding districts in New York, like even the Republican ones are like, this guy's, this can't happen. But- the Republican establishment wants him in because he's a Republican and he's going to vote for MAGA. So his vote for MAGA alone is what kind of has kept him in Congress. And now he's got 23 indictments of him because now that he's got access to campaigning like a congressman, he just steals the money. He's he's continued to steal even yes. af even after all of this like fraudulent activity yeah. up until he got elected. Right. And now he can't stop. He can't stop being him. So no. he's going to steal from his campaign donors. Yep. And but that's but there's like a ledger of all these things, right? And like these go into like strict investigation. So it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna try to pull scams on stuff like this, it's like it's very risky, essentially. You're gonna get caught. You're gonna get caught. There's yeah. a zero percent chance of success for lying about campaign funding. Yeah. And uh using your donor's credit cards to uh, give yourself money. Not even his campaign, his personal account gets money. He's using Brazilian check fraud strategies yeah. on uh, American <laughs> pol political uh, donor <laughs> like money. And so, so it's exciting to be on George Santos watch because this story has an ending and it's coming, and it's going to be glorious. He is so animated as a guy. He was in Congress yelling earlier this week, um, calling people human scum. Um, at one point, he borrowed one of his staffers' babies yeah. and was just walking around with a baby. And then he was like, and they were, they were harassing me while I was holding a baby. Yeah. It's like, well, you're using that baby as a human shield against as a, journalists. It's, uh, you know, he needs a he needs a baby on board sticker on him <laughs> at all times. He just on his back. He needs a baby on board sticker. What so, a, what a bold move to try to move from one room to another, holding the baby, knowing that there's like a bunch of press like on your ass, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, are you kidding me with this baby? And People everybody's like, like, wait, whose baby is that? He was like, it's one of my staffers. <laughs> 
why are you holding it then? <laughs> it reminds me of like a scene in Catch Me If You Can if when he's like uses so much confidence and like almost a diversion trick to trick the cops. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, what's happening right now? It's a sleight of hand. It's sleight of hand. It's sleight of baby. <laughs> so I am so excited to wake up every morning and see what the George Santos news is because this is a fun story that has an ending. We used to watch Vivek. Vivek sucks. There's nothing happening with him. He's just, uh, he's all he's all words, but George Santos words. is is a man of action. That's right. He's not just, he's not just pomp and fluff. He is all those things. He uses his words. He lies, but he also takes action, and that's what he makes him way more entertaining. He is a material criminal. Yeah. And he is going to fight to the bitter end, where Vivek gets on his podcast and he goes, we should defund education and the FBI. And everybody's like, no, you suck. And he's like, he, 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 he. Yeah. No. He's the worst. I don't want to watch Vivek anymore. I don't, I don't want to watch George Santos. Yeah, we're on George Santos' watch uh, going forward until there's a, a satisfying conclusion to his demise, which there, which there will be He'll, in some way. He will go to jail. Yeah. And that will be exciting. Yeah. And I like a story that ends... And and I think what we'll do is we will, uh, after all that's over, we're going to prove that he was a drag queen. That should be our job. <laughs> Maybe I he would be like the most famous drag queen in the world. Like if he doesn't go to jail... Maybe he just gets fined. Yeah. He'd be one of the most sought after acts in the country. I know. I What if that's what it, this becomes? I, I mean, and, and also he could just, dis, he could disappear into his, you know, that's why he's keeping it a secret because it's a secret identity. True. The drag identity is, uh, it's a, it's a different personality to who he is. So he can just kind of go back into that disguise and mm -hmm. he's got, I, I swear uh, uh, four years from now, we're going to go down to Brazil and we're going to see. Uh, a, a, a beautiful drag queen singing 99 Red Balloons. I hope so. And it's going to be George Santos. I hope George Santos knows that his time in Congress is short-lived and it's only to relaunch his drag queen. His drag career. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I love him so much. What's the show? What's the drag show? Um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be on RuPaul, RuPaul's Drag Race. He'd win. And he'll win. <laughs> He'd win. He tricked the people of Queens into thinking that he was uh, not the biggest liar in the world. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for the thanks for the history on that. That was you. You really consolidated it into an actual storyline. I became really obsessed with his timeline when I was like, "What? He was twenty years old doing check fraud in Brazil." Yeah. Pretending to be a collegiate volleyball player. This guy's got that stuff. Yeah, he's got something. Um, <clears throat> in other news. <laughs> yeah, what else is going on? I got one more thing. Uh, 21 species have been declared extinct, uh, according to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Uh, there's 21 species, including birds, one bat, and several mussels. And if I'm being honest, it's mostly mussels. Okay, so we've lost a bunch of different types of mussels. Yeah. Do you know where? No, it, I, it, it's like all over the world, so it doesn't say gotcha. where, but yeah. Damn. I, I, it's, it's, it's tough to, mussels are not a good, uh, it's not a good headline though. I didn't you know? think there were multiple types of mussels. If Me I was going to be honest, I thought there were just mussels. I thought so too, but, but we, we're losing, we're losing them by the tens. We're, we're losing a lot. Mostly what we lost were a different, <laughs> we're losing them by tens. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I, I wish people cared more about mussels so that we could, you know, because this is important. This is like climate change that's causing yeah. uh, the extinction of these animals. Um, but mussels aren't a good animal to be on the the forefront of this. You You're know? not really going to capture the heart of America by telling us that 15 species of mussels have died. No, no, we can't. You know, it's like telling me that a clam is dead. I'll be like, good. We, we got to talk about Israel Palestine. We got to get it down to one mussel. Yeah, we got to get down it to one It should be one mussel. oyster. And one mussel. If we can, if we can have one oyster and one mussel every year go extinct, then we're improving. Um, but yeah, it, there was also a bat. Okay. So you know, there's that. That's too bad. Yeah, I know. This is it's it's a tough headline to get anybody interested, even to get you interested. In How many bats are there? A thousand types of bats. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but this was just one type of bat that went extinct. Maybe we blame the bat. We blame the bat. <laughs> Maybe we blame this bat. Yeah. We need an escape. Every code. now and then you'll see like escape videos code. of pandas and they'll be like, the pandas are going extinct. And then you just like see, it's just like pandas like falling out of chairs 
It's like, well, it, what they don't do anything. Yeah, yeah. They're not impressive. Right. What are they doing to keep themselves alive? Yeah, that that we're not providing for them, you know? I mean, I think we should keep pandas alive, but when it comes to bats, if you tell me one species of bats has uh, gone extinct... You're okay with it? You know. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Shit happens. Um, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for the mussels. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be protesting at the beach this Saturday Okay. in Santa Monica. What um, do you want people to stop doing? I, I just want aware. I, I want to spread oh, awareness. That's awareness. all I care about. Okay. Um, that these muscles are dying. And uh, I'm going to have each uh, type of muscle that's gone extinct on my shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to make custom shirts. All right. I want one of those. And um, that shirt sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> People are just going to think I like. You, you're a big muscle guy. No, they're just going to think that, yeah, that I'm like selling muscles. <laughs> <laughs> they're just gonna think that i run a they're like oh which one's your favorite you're like no you don't understand no they're no all extinct. they're extinct they're gone i would love to eat these <laughs> i would go nuts if i could eat these but they're no longer available um so you're protesting outside of a restaurant that sells mussels i'm in front of like bubba. no more muscle deaths yeah i'm in front of bubba gump shrimp <laughs> company just protesting the muscles that have gone extinct um, you're like yelling at people in line. You're like, yeah, and you notice how it always says that muscles died and not that muscles were killed. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, you ever notice that? <laughs> and everybody was like, no, not really. Uh, wasn't on our radar. But yeah, uh, that's that's about it for me. I mean, unless you have anything else you wanted to talk about. No, I don't think so. Cool. This is our second week reporting on the war. It feels intense. Yeah, but I think uh, we talked about the things that I wanted to talk about in terms of that. And uh, I really, uh, I I look forward to knowing more about George Santos's uh, future. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks, See you man. next week. Okay, bye.